Hey, it's Quentin from No Filler. Uh, we are coming at you today with a super, super old episode that we never ended up launching with uh, that we recorded a little over two years ago. We covered Steely Dan's Pretzel Logic, which came out in 1974. So last week, we actually recorded a whole other Steely Dan episode, and we covered their album Gaucho, which came out six years later in 1980. Um, and then I went back and listened to this older episode, and I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, so we decided to go with this one. It was really fun to listen to. Um, Travis comes up with the idea for What You Heard's in this episode. So we kind of like hash it out and talk about it uh, like within like three minutes of the episode. So it's really great. Uh, I really enjoyed listening to it. I hope you do too. It's it's a really good episode, I think. It's it's a good representation of, of this album of, of Steely Dance. Uh, so we're just going to play it as is. And, um, and then we'll be back at you next week with a sidetrack on uh, Larry Carlton, who is a uh, studio musician, uh, guitar player that shows up in, in a handful of, of Steely Dan records. So anyways, check us out on the Pantheon Podcast Network. Uh, there you will find all of our shows within the website. It's pantheonpodcasts.com. Uh, you can also find a lot of other great music podcasts within the network. Uh, you can also check us out at nofillerpodcast.com if you want to kind of dive into our show notes and all that fun stuff. So anyways, uh, just wanted to brief you on this one. Uh, I'm just going to play it as is. Hope you enjoy it. Again, this was originally going to be our third ever episode uh, way back in the day, but we ended up, we scrapped it at the time. So here it is. Hope you enjoy it. Thank you as always for listening. Donald Fagan. And my name is Walter Becker. <laughs> you go first. Hi, my name is Walter Becker. And I'm Donald Fagan. And here, uh, what are we supposed to say? Just, yeah. uh, you know, we're Steely Dan. Right, or whatever. Oh, I can't remember what station it is. It's right here. Oh, okay. Hi, my name is Donald Fagan. And mine is too. Uh, whoa. <laughs> and here's a cut from our latest album. That wasn't so good. No, we could do that again. Welcome to the third episode of No Filler, a music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. In each episode, we'll dive into a little history of the artist and the album of choice with snippets from interviews and concerts, as well as music from the album itself. My name is Travis and uh, Q, how are you feeling? Feeling great, man. It's an early morning podcast we're doing. Yeah, I got my coffee here. I'm ready to go. Oh, I'm I'm wired, bro. Wired. How's Texas treating you right now? It's good, man. We've had we've had a week of fall weather. It actually feels like fall. Although we had some storms last night, but other than that, it actually feels like fall. Yeah, we're we are now into the cloudy days uh up here, which I don't mind. I I love it. And the fall colors up here just breathtaking. 
We don't. Yeah, we don't. We don't have that down here. We have like a week of it. We have a week of it, and then. Yep. And then they're just you know, they're on the ground, basically. Oh, yeah. I remember. So we're talking about Steely Dan today. Well, before we get into it, I've got a, I've got a new segment that I wanted to try out. Lay it on me. Here's 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 the name that I was thinking for this segment. It's gonna be called "What You Heard." <laughs> what what you heard? What you heard? <laughs> do you like that? Yeah, that's great. Um, what are we listening to? Yeah, what you heard? Well, basically, you know, yeah. What have you been listening to lately? Well, I just got turned on to this awesome. Um, it's like a, it, it's a, it's like a Canadian girl white stripes band. Uh, okay. They're called the Pack AD. Never Pac heard of them before. Um, and they, man, they are just a raunchy, uh, gritty garage blues. Okay. And you know, uh, drummer and guitarist. And okay. it's freaking great, dude. Uh, the album I was listening to is called the the Funeral Mixtape. Definitely check it out, man. I, I know you're a fan of the White Stripes. If you're a fan of the White Stripes, check them out. They are fucking awesome. Uh, I'm gonna go check them out in December. They're coming up to Bellingham. Uh, it's gonna be awesome. I'm excited. So is it the same setup where where there's where he's the singer, she's the drummer? No, no, no. It's it's two girls. Oh, I'm looking at these yeah, pictures yeah. here. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, check it out. It's man. Just, I mean, I, I got 30 seconds into the first track on that album and I'm, I was sold. Well, that's good, man. I'm always, cause this is so, so they're, they're, they're relatively new, right? Mm, I think they've been around for a while. Like I said, man, I, I, I had never heard of them before. I'm always glad to hear when new bands are still bringing that bluesy, gritty stuff to the, yes to the mix you know what i mean yeah, i was in need i was in need of some new tunes like that in my life yeah uh, so it was good timing yeah cool well, yeah i'll check them out what about you what are you listening to so you remember i mentioned to you so when we were doing the Foles episode mm-hmm. and we talked about antibalas the band yeah the horns, oh, the horns. Yeah. okay yeah, yeah so they're an actual group they still make music and they came out with a new album recently uh and it's it's called um where the gods are in peace and it's like a concept album um all the way through yeah i i listened to a couple songs from it um when you had uh mentioned it to me it's freaking awesome man yeah i love that vocalist mm-hmm. um yeah his his uh yeah zap mama that's his name <laughs> Zap Mama, Zap Mama, yeah. But yeah, it's just this like funky, like jazzy, like bluesy, like Afro Af- Afro funk. I think is what they're calling it. You know what it reminds me of? Um, you remember the Budos band? And uh, yeah, the name rings a bell. Yeah, I was, I was into them for a bit. Um, yeah, it's that kind of like Afro beat, um, heavy on the horns. Yeah, you just kind of. I think they're like a 17 piece band or something. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure they're, it's very similar. Um, cool. So anyway, uh, the story that I told you was, you know, I was, in, I was in a record store and they were playing it and I shazammed it and didn't even, didn't even make the connection. Cause I, I didn't read the, I just saw that I got a successful shazam 
and then went about my business and went back and reviewed. And I was like, wait a second, Antibalas, that's the band that did the horns on the Antidotes record. So that was like one of those like the universe is smiling down on me kind of moments, you know? Yep. Oh, yeah. And to hear that like, oh, they just put out a new record and it's kick-ass, that's cool. So anyway, that's a. I had to immediately get the vinyl for that because it's just one of those records that that you know needs to be heard on good speakers. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, and that's what you heard on No Filler. <laughs> what you heard? You heard with Perd. I was gonna joke about that. We could get Perd on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so we're talking about Steely Dan today, um, and I'm sure you've heard of them before. They're they're the band that, you know, if you're around our age, they're the band that your dad was really into, um, and so you've probably heard their music through your dad. And 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 in the uh, in the case of us, your dad would play it, and then you either liked it or you ignored it. In our case, we fell in love with it. Or Steely Dan was the band that your dad hated, because I'm sure there's equally as many people. Well, yeah. <laughs> in in that case, you would never have any exposure to it, other than you might hear "Ricky Don't Lose That Number" in a in a department store or something like that. Yeah, right. And not and not know that oh, it's that song, but you know, I don't know who the artist is. But Q, I'm I'm, I'm freaking I'm really excited to, to 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 do this episode. This is Steely Dan has forever been just like untouchable in my mind as far as like there's no one else like them you know what i mean there really there really isn't yeah we're gonna nerd out over over steely so we've got walter becker who actually just passed away earlier this year he was um guitars and backing vocals he wasn't lead guitar but he helped with a lot of the composition of the tracks and actually wrote a lot of the lyrics as well and we've got Donald Fagan, who plays keyboards, and he's the lead singer of the band. Um, so it's basically these two guys. And I think between the both of them, they 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 both wrote the songs and lyrics together. Yeah, basically these two guys, and they would pretty much just bring in any musician that was willing to work with them to help um, record uh, and tour. Um, so to give you to give you a good, this is I thought this was a good overview of um of the the duo here fagan and becker denny diaz which was one of the founding members of the band he was guitars um he described them as basically one person with two brains you know what i mean oh yeah highbrow intellectual humor no fart jokes he wanted to make sure that that was no fart jokes mentioned (laughs) yeah they would finish each other's sentences that kind of thing. So and you can, yeah, when you're listening to them in interviews and and stuff, yeah, you can definitely, you you, you can hear that connection. Yeah, they're they're super close. Uh, they met back in college, and um, so from what from what I read, um, Donald heard Becker uh, playing guitar in in uh, probably like a practice room or something like that in in oh, okay. some music hall in college. Yeah, that's cool. And then they uh, they formed. Their, their first group, I guess, just the two of them, it was, uh, they were called Leather Canary. And That's a sweet name. That is a sweet name. But even sweeter, in my opinion, is the fact that Chevy Chase was the drummer. 
Yeah, man. I can't. That's right. I said Chevy Chase, the comedian. The Chevy Chase. Isn't that wacky? I know. I w- <laughs> That's crazy to me. That's yeah. wacky. When you told me that, that, that blew my mind. Chevy Chase. Yeah. I mean, what are the odds? And what's funny is uh, at the time, uh, Chase called the group a bad jazz band. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't. Uh, honestly, I wouldn't call them a jazz band. I would. Yeah. I would call them. One of the, you know, they're the greatest fusion fusion band of all time. Yeah, there we go. That'll be challenged. That'll be challenged by some listener. That's fine. But I, f- I feel like, you know, fusion, usually when you think of fusion, you think of jazz rock, jazz blues. Yeah. But they fuse everything together. You know what I mean? And that's what's great about Pretzel Logic. It's, I feel like it's the most like varied yes. of their albums as far as like sounds and genres. Yes. And and we, I think we picked a good a good selection to showcase that. Yeah, and I'll I'll say this right now. You know, I'll be honest. One of the reasons I thought it would be great to do Pretzel Logic as well is to show to to play some of these songs for people that have kind of been standoffish and have always been turned off by just hearing the name Steely Dan. They just go, "Oh yeah, no, nope, not for me." Well, these songs on this album, um, Pretzel Logic was their attempt at writing complete musical statements within the three-minute pop song format. And track by track, they're, um, it, it seems like they're, they're diving into different styles of music, too. Um, so they had two albums that came out before Pretzel Logic. The first one being Can't Buy a Thrill, which was their first full-length album which had Reeling in the Years on it, which is their first, probably their first major major single, I imagine. It had Do It Again and Reeling in the Years. Those were the two singles. They both were top 20. Reeling in the Years was the song that we definitely heard the most growing up to. Um, our dad, he always had the, you know, the compilation albums, uh, you know, the best of albums. Um, yeah, we, we heard heard that one a lot yeah um their sophomore album countdown to ecstasy was not as successful as can't buy a thrill so it did not produce a single and from what i read and i know you read the same article they sort of blamed the sales of the poor sales of countdown to ecstasy on um uh, sort of how they had to kind of they felt they rushed the process of recording it yeah, because they started touring. Because they were touring um, so much, yeah. A lot. So yeah, since they're perfectionists in the studio, they couldn't achieve the results that they wanted if they if they kept up that tour schedule. So, You know what it reminds me of? Um, I, I imagine that's exactly what John, Paul, George, and Ringo felt. Um, yeah, yeah. Post Beatlemania phase, oh my they, God, they were yeah. just done with touring and and just wanted to 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 just be in the studio as much as they could to the point where and same with Steely Dan, they started to approach their albums, um, not even thinking about how they would be able to replicate it live, yeah, and just working from the perspective of uh, being able to record in the studio, bringing in whatever kind of instruments, not caring whether or not they'd be able to tour with it. Yeah. That's exactly like the Beatles, man. And they did the exact same thing with, um, with Steely. 
um, for Pretzel Logic at least, the songs they were writing were more complex, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's when they started to enlist the help of the studio musicians. You know, I think Pretzel Logic was the first album where they really uh, leaned more heavily on studio musicians. You know what I mean? Yeah, and they even, I mean, they they kicked out founding members of the band really or just sort of like yeah their 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 role in the, in the album wasn't as as vital as it was before because they had it's like oh well let's just get this other accomplished drummer to come in and do it instead you know yeah and like that yeah. that that i think contributes to their their uh reputation as like a pretentious band you know arrogant arrogant pricks, pricks but yeah you know it's to achieve you know, it's means to an end or whatever. Like the results are clear when they, you know, that, that they know what they're doing, you know? Yeah. And I feel like we should mention, um, a lot of people don't like Steely Dan. Um, and it's almost like they don't even know why they don't like them. Um, with almost everybody that I talk to when I, when I bring up Steely Dan to somebody, I feel like more often than not, it's, Oh, I don't like them. But the people that the people that do like them are like us, and they love them. You know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah. If you, uh, if, and, you know, here, here we go. Okay, we're gonna start sounding like we have a propensity for pretentiousness, as uh, that one guy <laughs> yeah, said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of um, and he, I don't know if this is something that this guy coined, but he he referred to Steely Dan fans as Dan fan, Dan fans, a Dan fan. So yeah, you're talking about from that article that we read. Yes. Isn't it called Arrogant Pricks or something like that as the name of the article? It's called 40 Years On, Arrogant Pricks, Steely Dan's <laughs> Pretzel Logic Revisited. Yeah. And that was written by Valerie Siebert. Uh, and that was on the editorial music website, Quietus. Uh, that was back in February of 2014. But no, that yeah, f- uh, 40 Years On. So yeah, she was she was basically revisiting it and kind of told that story about how like they were they were done with the touring. They knew that if they wanted to to pull off what they heard in their heads, as far as like these compositions they were writing, like who cares if we can't produce this, reproduce this live? You know, let's let's bring in the best of the best studio musicians and and make it the way we want to make it. You know, and like they're known for that for their perfectionism in the studio and like their masterful, you know studio sessions you know what i mean yeah but i think it's that pretentiousness that you can turns hear people it. off of stealing yeah it, it yes but i'm just saying like you can like the point that she was making in this article was that like um that they've earned the right to be arrogant pricks you know what i mean Right, because yeah, they'll they'll bring in these studio musicians and they'll make them just go over and over in the studio, re-record and re-record and re-record, uh, spend hours and hours with them, and then they might just splice all that up to bits to where it's almost not even recognizable in the track, um, you know. But then years down the line, if if they call that studio musician back in uh, to work with him again, um, at the drop of a hat, they would go in there sit down with him and do it all over again just because they're that good and they're that respected as well, despite being known as um, 
arrogant pricks in the music biz. Um, like you said, they they earned it. So, and you know, it's I, I'm sure a lot uh, another reason people you know get turned off by by Steely is because of their lyrics. Um, They're not exactly approachable. No, and uh, yeah, let me let me play this clip from this uh, interview. And uh, I'm sure it's just because of our age that we have no idea who Mary Turner is. But um, this is from an interview in 1981. It was a a radio show, I think. Uh, It was called Off the Record. And uh, I wish I kind of looked a little more into it. But uh, this show, um, the clip that I was listening to online had been kind of uh, cut and pasted together. But in some parts of it, you could hear the needle drop. So I'm wondering if... Um, if these interviews were pressed on vinyl and that's why it's called off the record it'd be kind of a cool concept hmm. um, but yeah it it sounds just like it's being played on a record player um, so anyways here's a little clip f- from that interview um, she's kind of talking to them about their lyrics your lyrics are always really good but sometimes they're also really hard to follow we're uh, very much concerned with the sound of the words and the music um you know, and uh, there are many instances when we're writing uh, lyrics when we'll sacrifice literal uh, meaning or, you know, linear storytelling effect for um, for sound effects. Yeah, we got a lot of flack about that, actually, you know, to uh, say, well, it's hard to follow. Uh, that's the way we've been writing songs for a long time, and I, I think that... Uh, We've gotten to the point where we rarely sacrifice uh, literal meaning for uh, the sound of the phonemes. I think we've come to the point where we can compromise and uh, you know, come up with a uh, lyric that's both meaningful and poetic. So, yeah, so they would, when they wrote lyrics, they would choose, you know, a certain word over another word if it, if it worked with the composition, you know, if it worked better for the, yeah, for the, for the rhythm or for like the cadence. Um, and then let's play that clip from, from the, um, that interview with, with, um, Michael McDonald, where he talks about them, uh, bringing him in for Asia, some of the Asia, uh, sessions and like why they brought him in and how he was kind of told to, to phrase some of these words, you know? Yeah, so this clip is from a documentary series called Classic Albums. Uh, this one came out in 1999, and it is all about Steely Dan's sixth studio album, Asia. Um, so here it is. I'd worked with them enough to kind of know what I was in for, you know. <laughs> certain words that they just wanted to hear a certain way that, you know, normally under normal normal circumstances, people wouldn't. You know, they kind of, this is the words, you hear the parts, uh, you sing it, and, you know, uh, that's the phrasing. But for those guys, uh, phrasing could have such a nuance, you know, that, uh, you know, singing a line like half as much as you'd think, you know, how many different ways can you say it in that phrasing rhythmically, and you know. But it would be, it would come down to such fine points like uh, pronunciation and, exact rhythmic you know uh, vibrato no vibrato you know uh, things like that and so it was always real challenging he did a couple parts on, on top of himself 
Sorry. Oh man, I love Michael McDonald. Yeah, they started is- they started isolating each of his <laughs> vocals on that. Yeah. It was fu- it's funny. But I mean, you know, if you're familiar with the song Peg, like his vocals in that track are what I always remember of that song. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, all, all I remember is Michael McDonald. It's just it's just like a back it's just like a background thing, yeah. But he didn't he didn't lend his vocals yet to Steely when they recorded Pretzel Logic. I don't think he had come in until later. No, but he was in the band even before Pretzel Logic. You know that, right? Michael McDonald. You sure about that? Here, I've got it right here on, on Wikipedia. It says, during the previous album's tour, the band had added vocalist percussionist Royce Jones, vocalist keyboardist Michael McDonald, and session drummer Jeff Percaro. Uh, So that was during Countdown to Ecstasy. Interesting. Okay, so he didn't, so he didn't lend his vocals on the album until Katie lied. No, but I think uh, I think during the tour, um, I'm sure he was lending his vocals. So yeah, that, to me, that's kind of what makes Steely Dan cool too. Is that they've had all these like bit players like forever. You know, it's oh, it's never been like oh, we're we're a band of of five people or whatever. It's always been let's pull in whoever we can pull in to like pull off whatever we're trying to do in this moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So with pretzel logic comes two singles, Ricky don't lose that number and the title track pretzel logic. Ricky don't lose that number, uh, goes on to be their biggest hit ever as far as chart position It charted at number four. So, you know, they bounce right back from countdown and produce, I mean, this record, Pretzel Logic, is listed as number 385 on Rolling Stone's Top 500 Greatest Albums of All Time. Wow. Now, I mean, 385, you're like, well, that's nothing. They're not top 10. But, I mean, it's greatest albums of all time, not greatest rock albums, greatest albums of all time. And Rob Sheffield, a writer for Rolling Stone, said that um, in 2004, he wrote that Pretzel Logic... Um, is Steely Dan's songwriting and Fagan's singing at their peak of fluid power. Yeah, I had read something like that too. Um, yeah, that they were at the height of their game. Yeah, and I agree with that. And a lot of people also kind of phrased it as like, this record kind of set set the template or whatever for how they were going to approach. Basically, it was like they, they got into their their groove with, with what they were trying to do with like jazz rock fusion. You know what I mean? Like this is the album that, that, that you, that it gets realized and then it just Mm -hmm. gets better and better after that. Yeah, for sure. Until ultimately Asia, which is, is considered probably their best album by many Asia. Not my favorite. What's your favorite Steely Dan album, Trev? Actually mine is um, probably Royal Scam. But you know what, dude? After listening to Pretzel Logic for so much after the last couple of weeks, getting ready for this episode, probably Pretzel Logic. It's one of those ones that I like would forget about, and then I'd go back to it and be like, "God damn, if this is not a great record, like track by track." You know what I mean? Yeah, mine's. My, I'm. I'm gonna go with Countdown to Ecstasy. Really? I love. Yeah, I I love it. Bodhisattva, my old school. Yeah, my old school is good. I like the, I like Gold Teeth. Yeah, Gold Teeth's great. But anyway, so yeah, and and again, it's like their entire, really, their entire discography is um, 
is unmatched, really. You know what I mean? When you look at them as a whole, it's like, there's just, who can you compare them to? You can't, you can't, you can't compare them to anybody. They're so unique, you know? So with all that being said, let's dive into the tracks and let the music speak for itself. We've, we've done a lot of hype here, Q, so we got to make sure our songs deliver, and I think they will. My first pick is track two, Night by Night, and let's just play it, and then we'll talk about it. chorus in that song i love the build-up to it i love the harmonizing and just like the overall sentiment of that right like mm-hmm. i don't really care if it's wrong or if it's right until my ship comes in i'll live night by night i think that's such a cool like like just those lyrics are really cool um and you can hear jeff baxter a guitar player skunk baxter as he was often referred to as he sort of teases that blues guitar just just a little bit after that first verse. Yeah, I like and, it. I uh, like how that he just drops a down on track two. You know, like on the, yeah. Well, he did the solo on Ricky. Don't lose that number too, which is a very clean as far as like the gain, clean mm-hmm. jazz solo. And then right, at, you go right into track two, and it's his kind of bluesy, gritty blues jazz like guitar so it just shows how accomplished he is and then later we play on one of your tracks his uh steel pedal guitar playing yeah which is my favorite so he's one of the founding members of steely dan Um, yep he did go on to form doobie brothers with michael mcdonald right yeah i guess you're right yeah i don't know if they formed it but you know they ended up they ended up being being part but of the he, Brothers. I mean, he played on he played on every um, he played on every Steely record. I think up to um, up to Asia. Um, so with that being said, let's play the second clip because I wanted to. I want to hear that solo, that because, guitar solo of his. Yes. Yeah, so again, like you, you hear a little bit. He sort of teases it. Yeah. Uh, after the verse and kind of throughout, and then the solo itself is pretty great um some people have listed it as one of the top five uh steely no way guitar solo. yeah oh, well specifically steely. i found that steely yeah I, I found this um article where these musicians and producers and stuff each listed their top five 
guitar solos, Steely Dan guitar solos. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jeff Baxter does quite a bit of the guitar work throughout the whole uh, discography. So his name comes up a bunch. But one person particularly, um, or one person listed the Night by Night solo as one of their top five. So yeah. it gets a lot of love. Yeah, so here it is. Here it is. So yeah, great guitar solo, great jazz blues, gritty. Like it's a, it's interesting because like if you take out the guitar work in this song, you know what I mean? It's I mean in, in my opinion that the guitar solo elevates this song to a whole nother level for sure. I mean it's it's a simple song. Uh, this is we, we this is us you know going back to like how well they do fusion of all these different types of genres, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can take that guitar solo out and put it in a rock song, a standard rock song, and it, and it's perfect. But you, you plug it in here, and it just again it adds another another level to to this song and makes it that much more amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah, and the drums too sound great. Um, of course, um, I'm not sure who the drummer was, but I think they just had one drummer for the majority of the session uh, on Pretzel Logic. So that's track two, Night by Night. Kind of uh, just a good uh, intro into the album. Right after Ricky Don't Lose That Number, which is the first track. And again, like if, you, if you're familiar with the album, or at least if you want to go listen to it, hearing Ricky Don't Lose That Number and then hearing Night by Night afterward is the perfect showcase of like just how varied they are with their sound. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think you're right how diverse this album is. Yeah, because Ricky Don't Lose That Number, it's like a, it's an old jazz, at least the the main riff is an old jazz song by Horace Silver. Mm-hmm. Um, the piano But yeah, line. again, it's like, yeah, the piano line at least. But it's just like, and, and that's why I love this album so much. It's, these songs are short and sweet, you know? Yeah. That's what I like about but it too. There's, yeah, it's so varied in in genre. You know what I mean? There's so much going on on this album. Yeah. So let's let's talk about wh- what track are we just going to go in sequential order here? Yeah. So uh, the next one that we're going to play for you is track seven. It's called "Through with Buzz," and um, it might actually be their shortest song. So it's short enough that I'm just going to play the whole song for you. Um, so yeah. Let's play it. Mm-hmm. 
all my money. You know I'm through with bugs. Yes, I'm through with bugs. All right. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. It's not very funny. song yeah they're really cool um and i think it's cool too that the violins are pretty much i mean they're like one of the main parts of this song um it's almost like they they take the role of of like a rhythm guitar section and i think it's great too it it's got those stabby you know it sounds like like the strings on eleanor rigby yeah or you know psycho the psycho theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, um, I always think about um, the, the similarities to uh, Eleanor Rigby, like you said. Yeah, which is funny because, you know, Eleanor Rigby was on, what, Revolver, which was one of those first albums that the Beatles decided, you know what, who cares about whether or not we can replicate this live you know, let's just do what we, what we want to do in the studio. Let's bring in some strings. Why the hell not? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, why the hell not? Like yeah. you just said. Yeah. Why the hell would you not? So, yeah, cool song. Nice and short. Short and sweet. Now, you said you, you, you had a little um, a little background on that song or something like that, or you had a little interesting story about that song that you wanted to tell? No. Yeah. <laughs> No, I didn't. I thought you said you found some stuff on it. Uh, nah. <laughs> I'm looking at your notes on it. You got a, you got a, uh, you got a link here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I already, I used that information in that. Oh, link. you already used that info. Yeah, yeah. So I guess yeah. we'll cut this on. Um. <laughs> yep. That's all you wanted to say. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh. So, but uh, I, I can say this though. So through with buzz is actually the B side. For uh, when they released Pretzel Logic as a single, "Through with Buzz" was the B side. So, oh, cool, yeah, yeah. We definitely cool. won't be playing that one uh, for our bonus B sides this week. But yeah, so that's I, I really like that song. Um, short and sweet, heavy on the strings. Um, we can go ahead and just move move on to our next pick, which is going to be track nine which is called with a gun and I love this song, man. 
Yeah, and I think this this one is is definitely the most, you know, just out of left field, kind of yeah. as far as the style and everything. Um, let's just play it. With a gun, with a gun, you will be what you are just the same. Did you pay the other man with the peace in your hand and leave him lying in the rain? When you're born to play the fool and you've seen all the Western movies, war to the one who does it wrong. You'll hide in the bushes, murder the man. Just a Western country tune. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm bellying up to the bar at some saloon or something. Right. With those lyrics, too. I love them. Yeah, it's great, man. I mean, again, with... I mean, they can pretty much write whatever kind of tune they want. You know what I mean? Yeah. And execute it. And that's why they pull pull on the studio musicians. Because it's like, hey, uh, we need... We need somebody who can who can well actually Skunk Baxter is the guy who does that steel pedal guitar. Yeah. So it's like they already had they already had a crew member who could do that. But I'm just saying, like these guys are so talented that they can pretty much pull off any genre and like put it in you know, wrap it in the Steely Dance sound. You know what I mean? Yep. Turn it into a Steely Dance song. Yeah. I like the um the harmonizing too, you know, it reminds me of yeah. reeling in the years and that's, it's a signature. It's a signature piece of their sound is the harmonizing. Yeah. You know what I mean, even more so than, you know, the, the background female singers, uh, like in night by night. Yeah. I like this harmonizing, you know, um, this steely Dan harmonizing. So from what I understand, it's four, it's four, four people that, that are harmonizing on this record. Uh, one of them is um, is one of the kind of the key players that comes in and out. Yeah, Jim Jim Hotter, that's his name. He was one of the um, early early member. He's a drummer. What's interesting is he's a drummer, but um, also would sing. On the, he actually is is the um, he actually sing, is the vocalist on Midnight Cruiser, uh, on Camp by a Thrill. He's the he's the singer, but he's a drummer. So like for Pretzel Logic, I think they pulled him in just to contribute to the to the to the to these harmonies, the harmonizing. That's cool. So he just he just came in. You know, he wasn't again. He he didn't drum on that record, even though he's a drummer. Yeah. But they said, hey, let's use your vocals. So again, and, and it's funny, you know, and he's just like, 
Okay, yeah, sure. I don't care. Yeah, I don't need to play drums to be on your record. So with a gun, the lyrics are, you know, it's just about a, you know, kind of like an outlaw or someone who is now running from the law because he killed someone over some uh, debt that he owed. Uh, you know, it's just a classic Western tale. Um, did you pay the other man with the piece in your hand? Murder the man with Luger in hand? Yeah. Pretty straightforward lyrics in this one. Until he caught your fingers in the till, he slapped your hand and you settled up the bill with a gun. I love it. It's great, man. Yeah. You know, hey, um, I'll pay you the bill. And then you get shot. I also like, it says, you know, with a gun, you will be what you are just the same. Um, you know, it's like, yeah, you've got this gun, but it's not going to change anything. Uh, you know, they're going to catch up to you. So, yeah, with a gun. That's my two picks, through with Buzz and with a gun. Um, they're pretty pretty different songs, too. And then that with um, Night by Night, you know, the three picks that we've what we've played so far, it's uh, kind of a good representation of the variety of styles that are on this album. Well, yeah, that's a good segue into the final pick. Uh, a song called Charlie Freak, track seven. Did I get that right? Is it track seven? Because you said that... Uh... No, no. Okay, sorry. It's track 10. Yeah, track 10. Uh, track 10. So so this one plays this is something that... right after with a gun. Yeah, which is which is cool. Um, yeah, this is something that they that they do a lot with their with their songs. They do these sort of character portraits, mm-hmm. like think Doctor Wu, Kid Charlemagne, mm-hmm. or more recently, uh, Gaslighting Abby. Right? Yeah, they do this a lot where they like or Pixeline, you know. Um, but this is another one of those songs where. Uh, they're telling a story about this 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 character that, that he's calling Charlie Freak. All we know about Charlie, really, is that he's a junkie um, living on the streets. And the last possession that he has that's of any value is this gold ring. Um, and the narrator of the song uh, comes across him on the street uh, gives him some money for that gold ring. And then, um, so with this song, it's all about the layers. Everything gets added on slowly into this and ultimately to the, the buildup of the final verse. So without saying any, any more about it, let's just play it. This is, we're going to play the entire song because yeah, at the risk you really of, have to hear it of having Fagan give us a call and tell us to, to take down this episode immediately. Wait, hold on a minute. My, my my doorbell's ringing. Okay. Oh, hey, Donald. Yeah, sorry. We'll 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 stop. God damn it, dude! I did not know you were about to do that. <laughs> I thought you meant for real. Your doorbell was ringing. <laughs> no, nah, dude. Um, no, Donald didn't show up, so we're good. We can play uh, it all the way through. That's good. All right. Cool. Then let's play it then. Place to lay his head and 
song man good god all right so there's so much to talk about there's so much to talk about. so this song is all about layers yes right you start the very first verse it's just the piano bass drums and his vocals mm-hmm. he doesn't even have any any uh there's no harmonizing either on that first um chorus i guess if you will yeah Second verse comes in, there's sort of this volume swelling going on. I don't know if it's guitars or with like the keyboards, but there's some, these swells, this volume I think it's, swells I think it's the happening. guitars coming in. It's probably the guitar, yeah. So third verse, it's this, it almost sounds like an Ebo. Are you familiar with what an Ebo is, Q? I have no idea what that is. Or I probably do, I just don't, yeah. I'm going to describe it, but it's like this little, it's little little device that you, um, that you kind of hold above the guitar strings and it makes the, oh, the strings okay. vibrate just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Kind of, so it almost mimics the sound of like strings. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why it's called an E. That's why it's called an E bow. Cause it's like a, it's like a bow. Yeah. Like a violin bow. Okay. But um, I think that's what, what's happening on that third verse. Um, I can't find a live video of them playing this from back in the seventies. Otherwise I could tell you. Yeah, there's there's a lot of great, a lot of great recordings of, of some of their live. It's hard for me to find live footage of them, dude. It really is, at least from the seventies. Not can actual find them footage. Playing. There's audio, lots of great audio. Yeah, yeah, but uh, you you even hear sleigh bells coming in at that bridge. It's sleigh yeah, bells. It really is. That's one of those things where you're like, man, who? I mean, who would think to just throw some sleigh bells into this song? But they, it works so well. The sleigh bells. I think what they're trying to do is is paint the the picture here of this junkie on the street in new york or something like that you know what i mean with and it's snowing outside or something you know what i mean during yeah during winter because you can't hear sleigh bells and not think about snow at least i can't yeah you know what i mean really but anyway with every verse there's another layer that gets added to it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. they they never take away nothing is ever taken away like it's always like Something else gets added here, and then something gets added on top of that. And those signature Steely Dan harmonizing to harmonizing, yeah. And then the final verse, like I feel like it's just so it's such a powerful. It is everything has built up to this final verse when he runs. He, you know, he hears the news. He runs back. He gives him the ring back because he 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 can't keep it. Yeah, um, and now and and the 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 last line now come my friend I'll take your hand and lead you home. 
man. Yeah, like he, you know, the, he he just made this friend uh, with you know with a homeless guy, and yeah, somehow found out that that he had died, and he rushes back, gives him, gives him back the ring, and it's like and, I can't keep this ring; it's yours. Yeah. You know what I mean? What a fucking song, man! Yeah, that's a, song. that's a great it's, one. It's probably one of my favorite silly tracks, for sure. It's good. It's on. It, it would make my top five of Steely Dan favorite Steely Dan songs, no doubt. We should mention too. So the song that we started this episode with is called Barrytown, which is another one that we um, thought about, kind of talking a little bit more about. Uh, but you got a little taste of it. Uh, that's another one of our favorites off the album, uh, Barrytown. So Charlie Freak is the second to last track on the album. And uh, that's our picks for Steely Dan's Pretzel Logic, which was released in 1974. That's uh, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, our take on Steely Dan um, didn't want to bore you too much with, uh, with too much background info on these guys because this episode could have been two hours. And, and compared to the compared to episodes one and two, uh, with which were you know bands that that probably aren't very well known, you know what I mean? Right. Steely Dan is is one of the the greatest rock bands of all time, so we really don't need to give background. Um, it's out there, you know. Oh yeah, it's out there. You probably already know a, a, a general overview of them. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, enough, enough. So the, yeah, and I feel like we just barely scratched the surface with this episode on, on Steely, but I think this album is a good intro to Steely for people who may, who may uh, be interested in, in diving into them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because again, it showcases so, so much of what they do and how, how well they mix genres together, you know, how well they can pull it off and how you can go from one track to another. And you can hear like a Western, saloon song you know what i mean with with a gun and then straight into charlie freak which is like this really like this it's just a genre bending tune yeah yeah so i think a lot of people make the mistake of approaching steely dan for the first time by just playing a best of album uh which i think uh probably you know you're gonna get their their popular songs but i mean honestly there's a lot of Steely Dan songs that I don't really like. I think uh, I think it's better to to listen to an album all the way through to really get a good idea of what makes them so great. I yeah. So Pretzel Logic is the album that I would tell people to check out if they're if they're checking out Steely Dan for the first time. And it's, it's and again, it's a great intro to them because track one, you're gonna hear their you're gonna hear their 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 most successful single of all time. Ricky don't lose that number. So you're going to hear one of their greatest hits. And then the rest of the album is, is, um, is just so varied and like entertaining. Really. There's even a, we didn't really mention this, but track five is a, is a, like a note for note cover of a Duke Ellington song. You know what I mean? Yep. And yeah. East St. Louis guitar and, and everything. Yeah. It's cool. Apparently, uh, Jeff Baxter, like pulled off a, um, a, a horn solo or a trumpet solo or something like that with his guitar. That's awesome. Yeah, and, and did it, um, had like some effects on it and stuff to, to, to make it sound like a horn. Yeah, so it's it's literally a cover of a Duke Ellington song. So. Yep. 
pretty cool stuff. Uh, do we have a an idea of, of what our next, what episode four is going to be, Trev? I would love to go 90s grunge, and I would I would love to talk about uh, Alice in Chains' Dirt. Alice in Chains, or we could do 16 Stone by Bush. Oh, man, that would be a good one, too. Let's do it, man. Let's do a Bush. Let's do a Bush episode. Until then, uh, stay tuned. Midway through the week, we'll we'll post our bonus B-sides for Steely Dan. And uh, Trav, you had a, a a song picked out for our our outro track. Yeah, so I let's see here. So there there was an old interview. There was a radio interview that Donald Fagan did in the eighties. Uh, he had just released Nightfly, which is uh, his solo album, one of his solo albums. And from from what I can tell, they had him on this radio station uh, during this interview. He was sort of acting like a DJ, I guess. Like he was talking cool. the person interviewing him, they would go through and he had these these picks, these old jazz songs and, and whatnot that he had picked that they would play and then talk about. And one of the one of the songs that he played or that he mentioned was a uh, was a Marvin Gaye song called One More Heartache. So we're gonna play it. That's gonna be our outro song. Cool. Uh, that uh, Donald uh, handpicked for his uh, appearance on uh, Capital Radio back in 1982. It's a U- it was a UK uh, radio station, so he was promoting Nightfly and uh, and uh, got to got to play some tunes for the audience. And um, this is one of the tracks. Perfect. And that'll do it for us this week. My name is Travis, and I'm Quentin. Hi, I'm Cindy Howes. Basic Folk is my podcast featuring honest conversations with folk musicians. 
crisis is actually kind of exhilarating. You know what to do. I unplugged from the internet. I walked every day, even if it was five below. One day I walked. I hope you had a good pair of gloves. I did. Great. Thank you. <laughs> can you talk about Bob Dylan? I can. Uh, how you met him and your favorite memory of him? Well, you're not going to get that one. <laughs> This podcast fosters the folk music community and showcases a genre that is often misunderstood. Ironically, basic folk features complex conversations about the human experience witnessed from an artistic angle. Whatever I was telling myself in terms of like, oh, it's like important for me to like just keep my personal life and my career separate. No matter how you kind of justify it, there's something that's not good for you. The psychological buildup over time, even of just like having to check myself in conversation that's just like not healthy how do you approach both of these like very straight worlds as a musician and as a human being who doesn't fit those stereotypes i'm on a rainbow colored unicorn <laughs> flying at them and they they don't know what to do with me but i'm there like a little bee <laughs> Our definition of folk is extremely broad, so you'll hear interviews from Katie Tunstall, Livingston Taylor, Amanda Shires, and many more on Basic Folk. Available wherever you get your podcasts or at cindyhouse.net. Basic Folk is part of the Pantheon Podcast Group. Thanks for listening. Okay, bye. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.